0: Dude, I've been dreaming about time zones, man. <laughs> my my subconscious Dream, dreams or nightmares. Yeah, nightmares. My subconscious was processing an issue I was working on last night while I was watching NBA, and I. Um... Well, first I tried to go to bed, and I was like, my brain was going crazy. Then I thought of something, just getting away from the computer. Stood up and walked through my apartment in my underwear, went over to my computer in the living room and like looked at one thing and I was like, I got it. You know, I felt like uh <laughs> I felt like the doc. Doc, what was his name from uh Back to the Future? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't remember his name. Um, but then I slept and I woke up and I was like, Yeah, I think that's it. So I want to talk about this because it's just it helps to talk about it out loud. So you to has a stage for the Yeah, also the yeah. stage, yep. We um so since we launched Lifetime Purchases, we I made us a little metrics dashboard in like our backend and our admin. And uh, it shows us like how many sales we have every day because we have like a little target and we want to try to hit it and everything. And so th- this 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 is like a D3 chart. It involves plotting purchases which have a purchase at date on a line chart. And um, so this involves like, dates times and code running on the server and code running on the browser so naturally anyone who has like worked on this sort of thing before knows that time zones are going to be an issue here and you know we get like strap stripe notifications when we make a sale or you know i can pull up stripe and see when our last purchase is and let's say we have a target of five sales a day and you know we get a stripe notification if you were to go open the dashboard to see how the day is going, how it compared to last week or yesterday. You'd want that sale to show up today. And um, it is, uh, it's an interesting problem because you are mapping uh, all of these sales to days of the week because days of the week are how we think about it. We wake up, it's Wednesday today. We ask how many sales do we get on Wednesday? Uh, but once you start building this, you realize the answer to that question actually depends on where you're standing. So if we got a sale at 1am, uh, in New York and we opened the dashboard, but we had a team member who was in California, they would get a ping at 10pm, uh, in their Slack. Cause California is three hours before New York and they would open the dashboard and they should see Tuesday. And they should see the sale, and we should see Wednesday, and we should see the sale. so for those two people, the answer to the question, "How many sales do we have today?" is actually a different, potentially a different answer and um, so that's like the first part so that's that's to set the stage with what makes this difficult. Now, both of us are in New York, we want the dashboard to always be in New York. And you even found this setting in Stripe, which defaults to UTC, which is actually Greenwich, um, in like England, London in England, right? That's like the UTC central, you know, no time zone offset. By default, Stripe's dashboard and chart show you that period of time. But again, we would open Stripe up, it would show that we have like sales on thursday but it was really wednesday night so there's a setting in stripe you can set hard code the time zone to america new york which is what we did and now it lines up with like our stripe notifications where we're at everything like that so uh that was going to be my approach for the the metrics dashboard is to just hard code it to new york because that's where we are not deal with this question of where you're accessing it from and you would think that that would really simplify the the, the problem and it, it definitely does but there's still a few steps going on here. So first of all, whenever dealing with data that has dates, you want your backend to store the dates as UTC timestamps. And, um, that's how most systems work. If you create a date column in Postgres, you know, in your database, that's how it will naturally do it. You just have to make sure that when you create it, you know, it's like that. I think it'll even turn a a time zoned timestamp into UTC. Interesting. So as long as you have like minus four Z on your timestamp data, it'll end up being like, you know, zero zero on the next day with Z in the in the database. But regardless, you're always working with UTC because UTC date has the same uh, representation no matter where you're standing because it's the seconds from 1960 midnight in Greenwich or whatever. Okay, so this is where it gets tricky. So. If you've seen our stuff before, you know we like this DateFNs time zone library. And DateFNs has some functions called like beginning of today, right? And this is exactly where the problem comes in. So now that you can imagine this metrics dashboard that I was describing, you open the page and it is, uh, let's say it's 10 p.m. in New York, right? And you want to say, okay, we have to query our backend for all the purchases that were today. So let's go to the start of today, that's literally a function from datafns. If I ran that code in my browser in New York City, it's 10 p.m., it would go back by 22 hours until midnight, you know, 12 o'clock on the beginning of Wednesday or whatever. And uh, then I would have basically 22 hours of a range to query for the purchases. Now, this is the problem is that we fetch the data and get server-side props in Next.js. And locally, that's running in my Node development server, right? Node uses uh, the, the time zone in the server that you're running. So if I were to have 10 p.m. on New York and call start of day, it's gonna come up with the same thing in Node. However, um, when you deploy our backend, We use Edge uh, in Vercel's deployment and we use Vercel to deploy and it's an Edge um, config for the actual get server-side props function that runs. Vercel uses UTC uh, for its environment, right? So this has to do with with date behavior in JavaScript. Whenever you new up a new date, um, whether it has a time zone or not, depends on a few things if you're running it in the browser it uses the browser's local time zone if you're running node it uses the time zone of the f- server where it's running the actual environment the computer and if you run it on edge or different server providers sometimes they just default it to utc so that when you call new date it goes to utc regardless so if i were to literally open it up right now it's 12 p.m on wednesday and i typed a new date and i just did date to string um the date would show 4 p.m on wednesday which is UTC in Greenwich because it's four hours ahead.
1: Yeah, I I, I want to say that I don't think there's like a Vercel or Edge specific thing. I think for as like long as I can remember, uh, like we can get a server from Amazon or Heroku. Mm-hmm. They all default to UTC because they don't really want like where the server should be
0: dependent on where the server. Yeah, is exactly. The where the
1: server is running, like isn't really your concern. Like if they're running in Virginia or Ohio or Iowa, like they don't really. Yeah, they just don't. They don't want to have to expose
0: that to you and explain that to you, so uh, right, for, and that's what you were saying with how Rails does and other like traditional servers for exactly this reason. But I Ra- guess I was with wondering... Rails, no, with Rails,
1: we have the exact same problem you are talking about. So, like Rails would default to the time zone on your computer, okay, and then when you deploy, if you are deploying to Heroku, Heroku uses UTC,
0: and so you have that mismatch where. Okay, so so when you say Heroku use that UTC, does that mean basically rails or Ruby has some way of when it boots up reading like a time zone from like process or the environment that they can override? Yeah, yeah, or, exactly. Exactly, okay. exactly, They read like the system time and they can find okay. out that.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what exactly they do. But I'm sure they read the system time and, and find the, um, the offset or the time zone name. I, I know that like, computer like
0: Linux has access to all that stuff. So Got you. So it's up to whoever is running like the equivalent of node serve or node start in production to to set that up. Yes. Because if I were to just create a new node script on my computer and run run node start, then it would use my system's time zone. But you're saying if I push it to Vercel, even just not even as a next app, not serverless, just push a node server to Vercel it's likely that they would do UTC. But yeah, if yeah. I just got like a container somewhere or if I just got like an AWS system, it would be UTC. Yeah. Even like a DigitalOcean box that doesn't have anything set up and I just give it a node script and say, run node start. I haven't used DigitalOcean, so I don't know.
1: But I, again, okay. this is like for as long as I can remember. Like okay, it's just servers. a convention that hosting providers have. Yeah, to normalize the time zone. So where they run your server doesn't actually matter because it could be like, right. you know, you could push production code and hit a load balancer and go to two different servers and right. get two totally different results. So I think this is a way to right. just our, our contract. Me as a hosting yeah. provider, my contract with you is to provide you a server, runtime, whatever.
0: And I'm going to try to normalize as much as I can in that environment. Makes sense. And then so. Yeah. um So okay so that's the first thing that you kind of discover and again it goes back to this behavior in javascript where when you call new date it, it yeah it uses the time zone and um so as i was building this you know first i would get it working and it would all look good because when i call start of today i would get that you know 22 hour jump back because i'm in new york it's 10 p.m so now i'm at midnight the night before and that code was also running and get server side props, right? But that was working because I was running node serve, node dev on my computer. Everything worked, pushed it up. And then, as we've been using it, there's certain t- times during the day where you load it and it's like wigs out or there's errors in the console. You see a flicker in the screen and it actually turns out that there's a hydration mismatch. Because for those four hours where today is not the same answer, And therefore, the beginning of today is a different answer uh, in Greenwich than it is in New York. Uh, You get different answers for how many purchases do we make today. And so then I realizing what's going on, I start debugging this. I start pushing up preview builds and console.logging to try to understand how to fix this. And um, so that's kind of like that was like a week ago or whatever, right? just kind of at fun at night in my spare time. What we learned yesterday that we were working together is, first of all, um, at, like, stepping back here, you know, whenever, like, you think about, like, the retros at work, when things go wrong, you ask the five whys if people have heard about that before. Ultimately, the root cause of this is a mismatch between the development environment and the production environment. And uh, this is something that is something we try to adhere to as much as possible i know it was like big in the rails community my first thought about this is always like from the rails community i think there was a time people were just trying to use trying to make their local development environments easier by using something like sqlite because it's just easier to set up you can like have it in the repo but then when you deploy you have like a postgres or mysql database running and inevitably you're going to run into bugs because you're developing against something that's different from your production environment. Long story short, you always want your production and development environments to match as much as possible uh, in order to make sure that the code you're writing works in production, right? Not get these surprises. So the fact that node locally in development takes on the times on your computer is like a problem here. And the way to solve this, uh, it actually turns out to be pretty easy. In your .env file, you can set tz, capital TZ equal to UTC, right there, right in .env. That's an environment variable that's read in by Next.js uh, development, whole bootstrapping process. And so as soon as I did that, and it was 10 p.m. or whatever, and we had some sales within that four-hour window, npm run dev, bring it up in local, boom, hydration mismatch. And you saw that on a project you were working on too, actually. Yeah, yeah, same same app, but yeah, yep.
1: And that that ENV, just that's an ENV, like you could globally set it to get all yep. your
0: nodes to always write oh that's a, PC. a great that's a great um that's I, a great point yeah think about that
1: i think i'd still like to see it in in dot env
0: just uh-huh. just because you know yeah well, .env first is- of all it's it's you don't want it to be global because then that's like a global thing that's affecting your development environment that other developers who work on the app might not have so if you have a dot env dot sample for example uh now people can pull that in and um they'll see that that's something that's basically a requirement um of of the app another way you could think about is what you said is setting it in like the npm run command you know yeah um so that the way you develop this app is by running dev with a tz of utc and then you're going to get something that behaves the same on my computer or in production you know yeah
1: yeah i like i like dot m though but Mm -hmm. um it is cool that it is a global it's environment variable so it's invo- it's yes. available for the entire environment and it wouldn't surprise me if other programming languages also use this environment variable um yeah i don't know if that's a node specific thing or
0: or like a linux thing or something or yeah if
1: it's like kind of a community adopted lifted thing but, right yes it definitely so, made
0: things a lot easier being able to uh to see no the, kidding the errors in dev <laughs> no kidding so as soon as i do that i see the errors in dev and um it's extremely helpful, of course, to not have to do preview deploys and console log or whatever. So that's just if you're listening and you're zoning out, uh, that's like hot tip right there. TZ equals UTC. I'm going to use that in like every app going forward because I do a lot of visualization stuff with dates and stuff, and it just that's that's the way to go. So um, last night I was actually working on fixing this, and I was thinking about it. Right, DateFNs has these functions like start of today. And there's, uh, so it's still tricky. So you have the bug reproduced, but now the question is how do you actually fix it? If it is 2 a.m. in Greenwich and it's 10 p.m. in New York, when you say uh, the start of today, so how do you do that, right? So now I have my computer, right, where I type in new date, It's 10 p.m. here, but I get 2 a.m. in Greenwich, which is good because that's how it's going to behave on the server. But now I want to move it first to to New York, right? And that's how we would think about doing it. So if we had a time zone, a timestamp of 2 a.m. in Greenwich, okay, first let's subtract four hours to get the moment, to get the time zoned date time in New York. Now we have it as 10 p.m. Now I call start of today and it goes back to the beginning of today, right? So that's what I did next. And DataFns has like a companion library called TZ, which has functions like that let you calculate the difference between time zones or get the offset, get the time zone offset from the current date to a specific time zone. So I could say let diff equals get time zone offset from the new date to America, New York. Gives me four hours in milliseconds. And then I can use like the subtract method to say sub the new date take off this many milliseconds and now i have this date now i have that date in uh in new york so um that was pretty cool and then
1: and then you can take that date and you can pass it to like start of today exactly and get the start
0: of the day in new york exactly cool exactly um and i'm pretty sure so yeah so it's so funny because it just kept sneaking in this these bugs. So I'm pretty sure uh, that got me the start of today. Now I'm wondering if it if did it move you to 12 midnight in Greenwich or did it move you to 12 midnight in New York? So that's that's the next problem, mm-hmm. the next part of this puzzle, which is any of these methods that take into account the current time zone, which is basically things like start of today, beginning of week, each day of interval, which all are things I use to build up this chart, all depend on the time zone. So, to kind of just be a little bit more broad, like not just a little, not get into the details so much. What I ended up doing was I, I, I added those fixes. I was able to do the thing where right before I turn it into a start date and end date to query query Hesura, I think that's what I did. I like I subtract that diff that the difference. And that got me the right starting point and ending point based in New York of what I wanted. And the whole goal here was like, okay, get server-side props, fetches the data, right? And then it returns it as props. And you wanna put off like formatting and grouping and asking, you know, is same day, it is today, uh, is same day. You can compare two dates. That's also how I do some grouping on the front end. All of those methods, if you think about it, like uh, is today that depends on the, on the thing. If it's 2 a.m. in Greenwich, but it's 10 p.m. here, is today's going to return false here, but I actually want it to return true because it is today in New York's perspective. So with, without going into too much of the details, you usually want to just get the data, leave it as UTC until it gets to the client, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you store it as UTC in your database, and that's why maybe you don't do a lot of transformations on the back end, to lose any of that information that way once you get it to the client the client has maximum flexibility in terms of doing these data visualizations graphing it when you hover you want to show the date time when you hover right you want to leave that stuff off until the end because in the browser when you are parsing these strings as dates you get the local time zone and now if you render the time it's going to be what the user expects so that's my thinking here get the array of all the purchases in the last week send them up to the client what could be so hard about that I fixed this offset problem. I looked and saw that there was no purchases on today that t- that that uh, th- the third wasn't included in the set because it was 10 p.m. on the second and it shouldn't. Like today should be the second, not the third. So the third wasn't included in the array of dates. I had to change the thing that did like each day of interval to get rid of that because it was like switching it. It kept switching it back. I made sure the data from get getServiceAppProfs was working, right? And then I'm like, all right, I'm all in client now. So I should just only be able to work with that. And it should be consistent. And I kept seeing this hydration mismatch. Yeah. And I was like logging things and I couldn't figure it out. And then finally I realized I was still seeing the log in the server. Because when I was putting logs and get server side props, of course, I was looking at my terminal. And I was like debugging this and I fixed this sufficiently enough that the logic was correct. Then I was going to the browser. And I was like, how the heck is this? happening because i'm not even grouping these anymore until i get to the client but there's then i was like what if i group them first and because the logic is right in get server side props and send them up so i did that i moved a little bit more logic to the back end just because i was like i know i'm in utc land and i know these numbers are right and i'll write to four and i kept running into hydration bugs finally i realized my component was freaking pre-rendering on the server yeah. so obviously the get server side props wasn't the only code that was running uh, on, in Node with UTC. It was the browser code. The code that was running in the browser was being pre-rendered in Node with UTC. And so this is like super hard mode. It's hard enough to have an API endpoint that does some logic with a UTC variable and then making sure it's, it, you can work it correctly. Again, if you use any of these methods on the browser, which has a time zone to it, And at least there's a boundary there where you're sending the data, the props across the wire. And you're like, all right, we get this string. Let's look at the string. That's what I was doing, right? Debugger in the browser, looking at the string. That string is correct for the time zone of like the last day. But that's not the boundary anymore because the component's being pre-rendered on the server. And so now you're literally running exactly the same code, not even just like different parts of the logic, the same code in two different environments with Mm -hmm. different behaviors of date. So basically like my realization was, and and this was the part that was showing us that we had two, uh, it was like, it had ticks midnight, right? It was like 12.05 or whatever after midnight last night. It showed we had two purchases that day and I knew that wasn't the case. They had come in like within the past couple hours or whatever and I was like, why is this showing two, right? And it's because when I was grouping them, I was checking is same day and or is today or whatever, right? And that was using again on the server the SSR version of the client component that was using UTC. In the browser version, it was using New York, and so that was like realizing that that was the problem was like important, you know? Yeah, totally. I think it's
1: like just kind of the ultimate if you're like stretch this to the extremes, uh, the extreme version of this bug is something like you uh do a static build in in your get right. static props you return the prop as a date and then you have some you you read from date on the client and the react component
0: and um yeah you would read from but date. that's a different problem because it's stale because of the lag and build time and request time this exactly but it's a, a it, it's an extreme version of this in the sense that you have it's not pure server render whatever you have
1: a server render that happened three days ago but then Mm -hmm. as time moves forward that server render would change but you're not regenerating the html so you would get a hydration a hydration Mm -hmm. mismatch this is i think of that as the same as this Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. the fact this is coming from you have the server payload generated as utc and then your client tries to hydrate that that payload Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. new york and then boom mismatch Right. fireworks everything right exactly
0: uh, super interesting so what what um i know that was super esoteric but i thought it was worth talking about just because it it was like a long learning process anyways point being of course your server code is running and get server side props it's also running in the react component when it pre-renders then it's running on the client so the first solution to this, I don't know if this is possible. I would love if someone had told me it is, I'm pretty sure it's not. But in the same way that we fixed the mismatch by setting the time zone environment variable in the server, it'd be awesome if you could set the time zone variable in the browser, or at least for a chunk of code um, to UTC because then I would be running the same logic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, don't think there's a way to do that. Couldn't figure it out. There's like a date.utc function uh, in JavaScript that gives you like milliseconds for a date. But again, the root problem is any um, time zone specific methods from data FNs are going to run into this problem if you're running that code in two places. Yeah. Um, and again, those two places could be either the server and an API route or pre-rendering, right, SSRing a client component. That was like the, that was the trick that I missed. So I looked through and I saw basically all the places where I was using those. Is today takes a date. That depends on the time zone. Each day of interval, which is super handy for stuff like this because I have a start date and an end date that I query the backend for. You pass it to each day of interval and you get an, an array of dates of the that are the beginning of each date. Beginning of today, right? So it flips back to the beginning of today. So that depends on the time zone. Um, and then uh, I think those were the main ones. Is same day, is today, and each day of interval and so what i realized is i need to get rid of those and the answer is i do it correctly adjust i, I correctly adjust things on the back end so that when you make the request you switch it to new york and all the time all the timestamps are correct and i send up as props to the component the start date the end date and all the purchases So first, instead of using each day of interval, I just get the start date, parse it, and then I add one day using the add method, right? Because adding a day, adding 24 hours is the same adjustment, regardless of the time zone of of the environment. So instead of doing like, does that make sense? It would be like saying, uh, instead of saying, get me like each day of week, which automatically goes to the beginning of the day and then gives you like seven days. Yep. I would start with the start date and I would like subtract 24 hours subtract 24 hours and now I have an interval of 7 days which I know corresponds right split days offset from the twenty. Yes. yeah that does exactly. sound
1: like a good solution I'm I'm sure there's some time zone nerd listening to this podcast that's going to tell yeah. us about some island in the pacific ocean that doesn't have a ten forty five to 10 47 p.m
0: doesn't exist there and therefore oh this code you're right they, they do have a, no, that's a good point they actually do have a version i think in t- t- data FN's tz um but yeah that's you know not our problem you no but also <laughs> There's no island in the Pacific that would, wouldn't have 24 hours in between two days, would it? Oh, you're saying because of... I think yeah, I went down this road once, and I think there are places where like, they do a daylight savings, but... Well, you s- can do minus a day, too, and that takes into account at daylight savings, I believe. Gotcha. Um, I, I
1: just remember anyways. going down this road, and it was like, yeah, there's this one place that you can be where you can't...
0: like Where this time doesn't exist, but it does exist. Yeah yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then the other one was the is same day method from data.fm. So is same day uh, takes in two dates and tells you if it's in the same day or not. So again, if you realize, if you use that, if the purchase has a UTC of like 2 2 a.m. but it's 10 p.m. in New York on the 2nd, and I'm saying, is it the same day as May 2nd? but it's 2 a.m. on May 3rd, but it's in UTC. So how do you like compare that? So I, this is where I like went to bed and I was like, I think the way to do this is, now that I have this array of seven dates, I can ask, is it greater than or less than? Because DataFence has greater than or less than, so I can check the timestamp of the purchase and ask if it's greater than the date in the interval. And that can compare two dates with different time zones, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. actually just, uh, every date, even if it's time zoned, like if it shows you a time zone, it boils down to a single number. They're the same thing. Like if 2 a.m. in in Greenwich is the same as 10 p.m. in New York in the sense that underneath that date object, there is a single number that represents that milliseconds there. And so if you do comparisons with like is later than or before, is before or after, that's what they're called, is before, is after, they're just comparing the number. And so now I can do that to group the purchases in the intervals of each day. And that's not asking, is it the same day? And then where is same day is going to like, make it the beginning of day and just compare the day of the week or, or the number of the month or whatever. So, gotcha, gotcha. That's, so you- that's what I'm going to do next. Um, and try to I just I want to get it working. And that's going to be what I try next. But I have to imagine there's a way with the library or something that Cause those methods are so nice, but now I'm like really nervous about using them for this reason. (laughs) Oh, I can, I can tell you a few ways that
1: I've solved these gnarly time zone things. And it's, it's yeah, I'm, I've, I worked on a project where we did conferences all over the world and, um, yeah, time zones are really tricky because you have like, there's people in New York that are supporting this conference, and then you have a conference in um, Scotland, and that's just tricky. Like, what time is it? How do you store those times? So we mm-hmm. stored everything in UTC, and then we would just force everything to, like, the location of the conference. So no matter where you mm-hmm. were looking at it, and we just, just, that was a time zone. Like, if you saw a time rendered, that was the time you got forced in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and And
0: this is, like, mostly Rails? That was generating work there was the there was
1: ember in this
0: app too so there was like client side do you remember if there was a way to tell the client side to just treat these as like zone times in new york or whatever
1: it, yeah I, we used like moment tz it was like a big mm-hmm. moment package and i remember this always like people would always complain not people that i worked with like on github people would always complain that this was like a giant package i think mm-hmm. it, it did a bunch of I'm not sure how it worked under the hood, but I know it had, mm-hmm. you basically download like this giant time zone map and remap every, all your dates and moment that you're working with to mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. zone. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, that that was helpful. Um, when you were talking about the purchases and like what time did they happen? We had built a Rails Ember app for a company that had people all over the world. Their, their main tech guy was in Japan. Uh, Hi, Saul, if you're listening and uh their office was in new york and i remember uh this was like a tricky problem that that they would say like he would say like well this happened on this day for me and Mm -hmm. this happened in new york at this time and i remember i think for a few times we were just like okay we're just going to force everything to be new york like no matter Mm -hmm. where you are in the world like it's just too Mm -hmm. hard to say like did that sale happen yesterday or today right and so i remember working on a few different um dashboards and uh uh it just it made it hard. easy. It just made it easy yeah. to just say like, oh, we're gonna do everything in New York, force everything in New York. Yeah, I, for- I know. I, f- I forget what we use there. But then uh the third point, the third thing I want mm-hmm. to point out here is that when we set up Ember Map, uh we use Drip and we set up this email campaign for Drip and it was uh it was like a seven course learn Ember where like every Monday at nine AM you get a new lesson. Or it was like every Monday and every Thursday. I forget the the exact thing, but it was 9 a.m. And Drip had this whole guide that was like, we really want to send these emails at 9 a.m. Like this is like the best time to send. Or it was 11 a.m., something like that. This Mm -hmm. is when it converts. If you just say, like if you write a cron job that says fire this off at 9 a.m. your time, well, that means someone on the other side of the world is going to get that email at 9 p.m. And so mm-hmm. Drip had a really nice solution to this where you would tag every single user as their time zone mm-hmm. so that Drip would not just fire cron job off at 9 a.m. They would fire it off for 9 a.m. for that user's time zone. And this is something to me that was like, how am I going to get every single user's time zone? Like, this is ridiculous. But there is a, uh, there's an INTL API that all browsers have access to. And whenever a user signed up for EmberMap, I would just call that like INTL, I, I forget the exact API, something like get time zone. And it would give you the string representation of the user's time zone. So you get like America slash new underscore York. And I could send that to the database. We store that in our users table at Ember map. And then we sync that to Trip. And it was something when I wrote it, I was like, this thing is just gonna fall apart. There's no <laughs> way this code <laughs> is gonna work. But it it worked surprisingly well. That's and cool. this is like, this. This really drives that your server is trying to do a render and your server, when it does a render of a react component, is just going to use the servers time zone. And, but then you want to re-render that on your browser with your time zone. And those two paints need to match up so you don't get a hydration mismatch. And what you really want is you just want a header that says the browser's time zone, because then you could just, yeah read it's the same thing when you're doing this comes up all the time same thing when you're doing responsive stuff if there was just a header that said the height and width of the browser window making this request, i could decide what to do and change the behavior uh but yes storing the user's time zone in a database or their time zone preference or whatever yeah their their time zone and um i don't know i think that like might be like we, we wouldn't do it for this project, but I think that mm-hmm. might be like doable for mm-hmm. you want to get your two renders to match up. Now, of course, mm-hmm. this could always go wrong. Your user could like sign
0: up with a time zone and then... Yeah, like, they can change it too. Like, it's, it's like what happens when you travel and your account is like, hey, you want to change your time zone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, I, I, but always, yeah, I,
1: alter- I, I always wanted to do something like that where like we rely yeah. on time zone rendering
0: because it was just getting that information in the database was way easier than I thought it was. Totally. It's an implicit argument to the function, right? The the, the time yes. zone is an implicit argument to generating the page. Yes. And because it's implicit and your app renders in two different environments, it ends up causing hydration mismatches because ends up causing inconsistent renders. So you want to make it an explicit argument um, to your point. Your second point, you said just assuming it was so that that it's an implicit argument whether you're using it to like send something at 9am or just trying to render the screen like I am. Your second point you said, you know, when we decided on that project with Saul to make it New York, that like made it a lot easier because we just, we removed the, the fact that this parameter could be different for different users. So that's simplifying one constraint of the problem set, right? Yes. And I'm still not there because the metrics dashboard is that case where it's assumed that it's New York for everyone. And I'm still having trouble using the tools to get the same output because of the fact that the utility libraries also use time zone as an implicit argument. Things like start of today or is same day or is today. Those are using implicitly the time zone as an argument. Um, Which is kind of interesting because data fns is like this, the, the whole philosophy of it is like this functional uh, pure function thing. And it's not, it's not pure. Um, because <laughs> yeah. it's, it needs the time zone unless I'm not understanding something. So another thought I had was, um, I, I am really intrigued by this Looked problem. That. It's really captured me like, because I, I want to be able to explain it. And there's obviously a lot I'm not understanding because I'm still getting tripped up by it. Uh, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say, I think data FNs can side skirt what you just said. Cause they say, look, we take a date. And you just give us a date. Just so happens when you new up a date
0: object, that date is no no ch- change. no because when you call start of today, how do you? That's what I'm not understanding. If I give you a date and it's the only argument, yep. Start of today. How is it finding the start of today? It, it's using the time zone of the environment. Because if it was, if I gave you UTC of 2 a.m. and I'm sitting in Greenwich, if I'm running start of t- start of today, will return. Two different answers for the same argument because of the time zone of the environment. So it's not pure. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: My second thing, I, I got
0: I, I, right? I get, I get, I get I get I assuming that's true. Like I was not thinking a pure
1: function. They return a new date and new date. Yeah, I guess if they return a new date and new date is a thing that's not pure because that thing takes into account the time zone. It's not it pure. It still makes their function not pure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh
1: i so i had this problem on the, the the page i was working on where i was showing emails and i was showing the date you purchased the email and the server mm-hmm. was formatting the date is utc mm-hmm. and getting like the day like basically month day year so if it happened at 2 a.m and you were looking at it on the server mm-hmm. it would say one date if you looked at it in new york it would say the previous date all the stuff you just mm-hmm. highlighted i mm-hmm. uh you had already installed date fn's tz Mm-hmm. So I just f- switched the format function to use import format in time zone and time zone. And then I had to manually specify a time zone. And right. so I wonder if like date and that, that fixed it. Yeah. So I wonder if you could when you're dealing with these dates, I mean, I don't have an answer, but when you're dealing with the dates, if you could use a, a library
0: like that that normalized, that's data. what I was looking for. If there's a corresponding function in that library, if there's a way to set the time zone for the relative, like started today, each day of week functions and data mm-hmm. ends, I couldn't find it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd really like to to get a good grasp of this because charts are fun and people make those and people run into issues like this. And I think it'd be awesome to be able to explain it and not deal with this again. The also, last thought I had, yeah, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, last, yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
1: okay, I was going to say your your real problem here is the fact that you're rendering in two different places. Where if you think about a, an Ember app that we worked that we work on, we only ever render on the client. So, we only I have...
0: thought about that. That I would simplify it, but it's not and the real it, problem because I want to be able to open it up and have a server rendered version of the chart. There's no reason a server shouldn't be able to render the chart at, in at, as someone looking in New York.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes.
0: And, and I can agree. it does.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying the 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 thing that really highlights this
0: problem. It makes it more difficult if you want to be able to server render the chart. Uh, it makes it much more difficult because if you just put a if is client and wait and don't render anything until then, you're going to go to town on the browser and you're never going to think about this stuff because it's all using the user's browser. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just so and, and yes. the same is true for like a Rails app. A Rails app doesn't render
1: on the client; it renders mm-hmm. on the server. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to get right.
0: But as soon as you add, you know, JavaScript to make things interactive and show the date when you hover it over, then you're going to start seeing mismatches. Right. So I, 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 yeah, I mean, you will, you will because, because you're gonna have UTC timestamp and you're going to format it and it's going to show you if you rendered it out like 1 PM on the server it's going to be potentially different if the environment basically all these things the environment is an implicit argument and if it was explicit you could just hard code it everywhere it'd be great yeah yes, the last for point sure. i wanted the last point that i wanted to make was there is this library called timecop uh, was that ruby there was a yeah, timecop version in ember there was a, there it was called something else cool um, ruby is the first but it, it was inspired Google, from timecop yep and we had stuff like this in there was some app we were working on maybe it was one of the ember apps at ted and in the test, I could say date.freeze or date.set, you know, time zone, timecop.freeze as of 2010. Any taste t- uh, test date-dependent tests, obviously you want to make that not an implicit parameter because now your test will fail based on where they run. And so timecop had a way to stub out the global constructor, you know? And so that if you nude up a date, it would be in that same time. You could freeze it, you could fast forward it by a day, so if you compare things, um, that's all I want. You know, I want some way to say, basically, all these. I don't want to stub it out. Yeah, so you that don't it's want to lock it like out globally, right, right, But right. if it's possible to mock it out, it means it should be possible, so that whenever these functions, these convenience functions from data fn's are invoked, they use that version, right? So there's some way to do it. Um, it would be nice if it was an explicit parameter, if it was an option to be, as, to be used as an explicit parameter. Yeah. And then the upgrade step to the kind of app you're talking about where we actually had a global team and you want to show the metrics dashboard for the person in their own time zone, that's a very simple upgrade step. You, you capture and persist the user's time zone in the way you mentioned. And then when they load the page, you, render, you load the current user and then you pass their user's time zone to all of this functions that that are generating this data and it just works. But now it's just a pain in the butt because you're dealing with UTC and node and then you're dealing with the browser. And so, yeah, it's really, it's like, I feel like there's still definitely some things I'm missing or in the future, it's just gonna be knowing which functions to avoid uh, from data FNs if you wanna be able to pre-render your stuff, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough.
1: I never love to had hear any to do,
0: input from people who have like feel like they have a rock solid solution to this. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be great. Uh,
1: yeah, I'd love to see a, a date where you can just set the time zone, similar to, um, mm-hmm. you talked about having your development environment, match your server, mm-hmm. your production yep. environment you want in the same, you know, theme. You want your, uh,
0: server renders to match your client renders. Right. And you know new date is like at the root of all this cuz that takes on the environment thing the data the the date f n t z library does have like something called like new date and time zone or utc to zone date but it still was getting stripped or changed in one of these functions it wasn't enough to just create like a zone time that would be nice too create me a zone a time that's zoned in new york city and now every time i work with it through all these functions like start of week you know each day of interval it um would stri- it's working would stri- it's operating on a zoned time and so it should work but again like i don't know it's just confusing it's it's it i don't really know because it's the same utc so when it goes to those functions like I don't, i'm not sure it's i'm not really sure what it's doing um So it's tough, man. It's tricky. It's frustrating though, (laughs) but but I I really am though. I'm really like intrigued on figuring out a a nice, elegant way to do it because I know whenever I'm working on struggling on a problem like this and you're just grasping and then something you do kind of makes it work, you don't understand it. There's something there to be learned (laughs) um, that opens it all up and makes it so much simpler. So cool that's time zones i think that's going to be the episode man i'm I'm wiped after 45 minutes of time zones and i truly apologize to everyone listening right now <laughs>
1: <'Cause>, <laughs> hey i've never met that, that I, a, i've never uh, met a developer that hasn't complained about time zones so
0: yeah exactly right a rite of passage this is a, ther- a right of passage this is a shared group therapy session very um kind of wonkish and the weeds there but again um TZ equals UTC, boom. I just got you your money's worth for the episode. That is a valuable tip to take away from all this. So, mm-hmm. um, cool, man. Well, why don't we save uh, your video for next week? Um, we have a React Server Components video out. I know we mentioned it last week, actually, but this, this time it's actually up on the site. And um, I'm working on a video for like a macOS doc animation and I'll have some other stuff next week. So uh, maybe we can talk about that because there's some fun stuff to talk about there cool awesome all right well that's going to do it for us for this week uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next time bye see ya